Welcome to the Alkaline Unplugged podcast. I'm Erin Parazuski, a functional fitness expert and holistic health coach. I am the founder and CEO of Alkaline, a health and wellness company that operates boutique fitness franchises across the U.S. I live in Menlo Park, California with my husband and two young daughters. I am joined by my podcast partner, Kathy Purnell, a master instructor at Alkaline and a former special education teacher. She has three grown daughters and lives in Los Altos with her husband, Jeff. Together, we bring you Alkaline Unplugged, a collection of conversations on a whole host of topics, from experts in the health and wellness field to the real, raw, and human stories of people like you and me. We look forward to bringing you content that will nourish your mind, body, and soul. We thank you for tuning in and look forward to your comments and feedback. If you like what you hear, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. As a disclaimer, neither Kathy nor I are licensed medical professionals. The materials and content in this podcast are intended to be general information and are not to be considered a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome to Alkaline Unplugged. I'm here today with my podcast partner in crime, Aaron Parazuski, and we're happy to be here after a little bit of a summer hiatus. I had to marry off my oldest daughter. That sounded bad. I didn't have to marry her off, but she got married, so we were very involved in that. And uh, now happy to be back. We're joined today by Matt Sharp. Welcome, Matt. Thank you. So Matt is a recharge instructor for Alkaline, and I'm going to have him start by just giving us a little background on himself. So hit it, Matt. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we were talking before... Uh, we started, I think what was of, of more particular interest is growing up, I, I played about every sport you could imagine. So if you can name it, I probably played it. Um, I played a lot of soccer, played for the Olympic Development Program for soccer. And then my ticket out was uh, kicking football. Um, so I was a Division One kicker at the Virginia Military Institute, which is about the smallest 1AA school there is. And if you want to go through military school, being a kicker on the football team is definitely the way to go. Um, Why is that? Uh, it turns out being on the football team, you're an athlete, so you get out of a lot of the military aspects of things. Um, and so you're kind of protected, uh, cause you're on the football team, but then being a kicker on the football team, we had a great coach. We kicked the first 15 minutes of practice. That's when we did special teams. And then after that, you were done. Excellent. Um, so I went out to practice early, warmed up, kicked the first 15 minutes with the team, did my own drills afterwards, and then mostly sat in an empty press box and did my homework while everyone else was on the football field practicing or, or uh, you know, the other sports or the other folks were out running and doing the military things. And Wow, you're, like, protected. Yeah. How did your teammates feel about that? Oh, they didn't care. I mean, I think, I think, you know, it's like one of those things where, you know, if the ball's on the ground, it goes through the uprights. The rest, they really don't care about. Um, so if you're doing your job, it doesn't really matter. Are there multiple kickers on your team? Yeah. Yeah, there's usually two in case one gets hurt. Um, if the ball was in my hands, there was a real problem. I'm a kicker, not a punter. Yeah. So the ball needed to go, you know, somewhere up in the air and preferably in front of me. Um, so how much of being going to school at the military academy and influenced your obvious sense of discipline and how you live your life? You know, I think, I think it puts a spotlight on that. I think if you're already a pretty disciplined person, um, you know, then you kind of learn how to play the game and it is, it's a game, it's a mental game. You're never going to be able to do as many push-ups as you're going to ask you. It's things like that, right? But I think, I think that um, I think 
one of the primary lessons that we learned, and I've talked a bunch about this with friends, is it really makes you realize how much crap you can kind of go through um, because it is just a big mental game. And, and, you know, it doesn't matter kind of what, what job you're in or kind of where you live or what's your situation in life. There's always going to be crap. Um, there just always is. And so I think, I think it has this, um, it has this way of, of enabling you to kind of dig in and really recognize what you're capable of. Um, and, and build resiliency. That. Yeah, and build yeah. resiliency beyond that. Um, and so that's, I think, the real value that, that comes out of an education like that. Okay, so once you finished with school, what happened next in your life? Um, well, once I finished undergrad with a computer science degree, realizing that I really didn't want to do computer science, um, I went straight to grad school to do usability and design, which is what, um, for me, you know, is the best part about computer science. So that's kind of where my career is, is in usability and design. I did a few years in D.C. doing that, and then I've been out at NASA the last 12 years. My last day at NASA was this past Friday. Um, Congratulations. Thank yes. You. <laughs> thank you. Yep. Um, and uh, so along the way, um, you know, I've always been into, you know, health and fitness in some capacity or another. So in college, I was, I did more Olympic style powerlifting and kind of CrossFit before it was CrossFit um, with kind of a really forward leaning strength and fitness coach uh, for the football team. And then, you know, coming out to California, um, you know, always enjoyed different, different, different sports and in, in different ways of being active. Um, so I became a yoga instructor. I don't remember when, probably in my mid 20s. I think you you shared a fun fact about that yoga training that you actually embarked upon your yoga certification without ever actually taking a yoga class. That that is true. Um, that's true. I, I signed up for yoga uh, teachers training without ever setting foot into a yoga studio and taking a yoga class. Um, I think by then I was you know really looking for. Um, balance, and I don't mean that to be kind of punny. Um, I was really looking for some more balance in my life. And so at that point, I had done kind of a lot of just kind of self-taught. I did a lot of reading. I read a lot of books. I was like studying anatomy. I was kind of just learning the different series of yoga, just trying to learn, um, you know, a little bit more on the kind of spiritual side of that, as well as the physical aspect of it, too. And so I kind of knew it was a thing that I wanted to do. Um, but I felt like the only way that I could really get in deeper to what I wanted to learn was not necessarily by going to classes. It was by digging into the study of it. And so that's why I just, I, I signed up, uh, for teacher's training, not necessarily having the intention to teach. And then did you go on to teach yoga? I did. Yeah. I taught at, um, I initially taught at NASA's gym, uh, just kind of volunteered and, and gave back and, and taught there. And then uh, I taught at Yoga Belly for a good number of years, basically when, when Yoga Belly started in Mountain View. Um, and that was, that was quite different. It was super fun. Um, and then a few years after that is when I took um, Jill Miller's yoga tune-up training uh, and, did, and became a yoga tune-up teacher. And that's where you're kind of rolling which is the connection to recharge. That's where rolling was, was introduced to me. And that's when you met Aaron. Tell yeah. us about that experience or Aaron, you can, you can also share your <laughs> version of this story. <laughs> like your math version of this story. <laughs> Thanks. There was I, this I like random person in my class. No, I took, so it was around the time we started Alkaline 
And I knew that there was something missing. I also had a, you know, obviously a background in health and fitness, more on the fitness. My background was, I was a cardio junkie. So I was a runner and a triathlete and, um, you know, cardio was my, my jam, but my body wasn't, wasn't feeling great from that. So I stepped back from cardio. I started doing more strength stuff and I don't know, somehow just got it, got into the discovery of mobility and rolling. And I had like rolled on a foam roller in the gym and remember that being a horrific experience. I think a, a tear trickled down my face when I rolled my IT band for the first time. And I thought, I can run a marathon, but I can't roll my IT band. Like I am not fit, like in the way that I think I need to be. And so when we started Alkaline, I wanted to introduce um, mobility work, which which has been, to be completely honest, it's a little bit like swimming upstream because. But it's been a game changer. It's been I a complete say. game changer for me. But it's taken a long time to bring people along, you know, on this journey, because it's still the thing that people don't, they take for granted and think they don't need or don't have time for it doesn't burn enough calories or whatever it is that it's such a it's disrupting the way people think about um, their bodies and um, how to take care of their bodies. And so anyway, I was looking into all of this. And I don't know, I must have been a Google search or something. I found this class at it was it called yoga tune up. It was called yoga tune up. Yoga tune up at um, yoga belly and I went to take class and I learned later that Matt just happened to be subbing that class. He wasn't actually even teaching. He was subbing for um, his friend and I took Jeff this Lane. class. Jeff Lane. Subbing for yeah. Jeff Lane. I think I took Jeff's class once too. Um, and then I, I went up to him after. I was just totally blown away. It wasn't my first yoga tune-up class, but it was my first time meeting Matt and I just, you know, being in the business of, you know, owning a studio and hiring and mentoring instructors, you just like, you know, and I went up to it, which is really, it's not my MO to go and give feedback to people in other studios, you know, people who don't work for Alkaline, but <laughs> I felt compelled to connect with Matt and I gave him, I said, you know, your class was, it was educational, engaging and entertaining. Like, who are you? And like, where did you come from? And like, can I take your class? Can I get your number? <laughs> I, did, I did slip in my business card <laughs> after. But, um, and then I think he connected on LinkedIn. It's like very professional. Like LinkedIn, like later that day, I was like, okay, well, I did completely scare him off. But I said, when can I take your class again? And he said, that's when he said, I'm, I don't actually teach here. I'm just subbing. And I, I don't know. It's like just things, people come into your life, like at the right time. Like it was just sort of like, I don't know. It was, it, was, uh, it was fortuitous for me, too. I think, as you're describing, I think part of the reason that I was subbing was because we just had our first uh, child. Our, our first child, um, <laughs> my wife and I. And then, so I wasn't teaching, and I had been taking kind of a break. So, it, you know, subbing a class was a way for me to kind of just keep, keep my foot in the game. And, uh, you know, so when you approached me and we started talking, you know, I, I could tell from my standpoint that there was, you know, a real kind of mutual appreciation for, for this type of work that, that has become recharge. And, and, and it was just fortuitous in terms of time, like when people come into your life, because I, I, you know, you and I kind of hit it off in, in terms of where you wanted to take alkaline and, and I could, I could see and feel the community that, 
that you build at Alkaline and the type of people that, that come and have their awareness and their interest and their support for one another. And, you know, those are the types of things that drew me. And, and it was a great opportunity for me to be, you know, also creative and challenge myself in terms of trying to help create recharge and, and get back into teaching and, and teach something different. I, I, to be honest, I no longer really wanted to teach yoga um, after, after, to, after taking yoga to enough training, to be honest. Um, and so, you know, and there's a transition point there for me, but it, it, it really, I, that, that, that's, that timing thing is really interesting because it was the right time for me as well. I remember asking you, I said, do you, when else do you teach? And you said, I don't teach anymore. I said, do you miss it? And you said, yeah. I said, oh, great. Good in the car. Hi, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is like, I mean, still, I mean, I teach, I've taught thousands and thousands of classes and I love it. And I think one thing we have in common is our like love of like the process, like looking like this appreciation for the human body and like figuring out, it always reminds me of this coffee table book we had growing up, the way things work. My dad's sort of like engineering by, you know, like he's like an inventor. And so he always was like pulling stuff apart and putting it together and sometimes didn't go back together the way it was supposed to, but that's okay. Or it took six months, put the, you know, faucet back on the sink or whatever. But we were always like taught to take things apart and put them together. And my, I don't have any interest in like plumbing, but I do love the human body and figuring out the way things work and the rolling and all the training I've done with, Jill has it has given me that perspective like oh if this then that and the symptom isn't always the source and identifying I also my background besides in banking is in Six Sigma consulting so that's about identifying the the defect not that humans have defects per se but we all have identifying the issue yes and then going back Jill would call them blind spots blind spots like what is what is the the root cause of what what's happening right it's like oh my it band hurts well it's probably not the it you know you probably have something going on on your ankle or your hip or let's figure out and i think that's what we've been able to together and putting together recharge is giving people an appreciation of the way things work and the, the body is amazing and it's also super complicated and so i think the the rolling is a very tactile way of um, I'm amazed every time I put the ball somewhere and I didn't even know I had a blind spot. Right. I say like rolling is sort of um, it's like a metal detector. Like it doesn't, it doesn't cause it. It just detects where things are and it makes you more, you know, present and connected. And I think it's just, it's a transformational thing. I mean, I've been rolling since basically like four and a half years, never felt better. I feel 10 years younger, I think. Do I look 10 years younger? Totally. <laughs> totally. No, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, I, I think, you know, to your point, I think the quote that I remember is, it doesn't create pain. The ball doesn't create pain. It, it finds where pain already existed. And, and it's a, it is a journey, and I don't use that word lightly. I mean, after, after yoga tune-up training where I was first learned to roll, I think I rolled my shoulders. My shoulders never felt better, um, but I probably rolled my shoulders for, for two years, um, and every time they'd kind of go back to feeling not so great, um, and I rolled them for about two years before realizing, oh, the problem is not my shoulders. The problem is my hip. So yeah, I'd roll my shoulder to feel a little better, but it wasn't the root cause. Yeah. And once I started actually rolling and really trying to pay attention to like, what, how do I, how do I unsnarl this thing? Um, and focusing on my hips that my shoulders, my shoulders improved. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, what causes it? What's the root cause? And we're a system of systems. And, and it's, it's really, really interesting. And, and for me, this, this, 
you know, this type of work in general is, I, I just, I find it to be really foundational. Um, and I see it in the kind of cross section of, of people and practitioners that use this work in different, different professions where I, I kind of know that I'm in the right spot in terms of, of what I want to do because it's foundational for kind of whatever move, mobility movement, um, kind of fitness, uh, aspect that, that you're looking for. Um, and I, I kind of really, really believe that deeply and it can be used for warm up or cool down. It can be mixed in a bunch of different ways and it's, it's, it's fun to kind of mix it in and be creative that way. And I think anyone can benefit from it, which is the other thing I like about it. Um, you know, I think it's never, it's never too late to, you know, to begin again. You know, so, to, for those, to start with your... so for those in the listening audience right now, which we know there are millions um, for those who have not taken a recharge class, kind of give us the nuts and bolts, Matt. What 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 is recharge? What does it do for our fascial body? I, mean, I think I think recharge is is the way that I look at it is it's it's an opportunity to open up the body in a way that you haven't before. Um, you know, you can you can toss around a, a whole bunch of sayings. Um, but really, I think the way that I break it down in its simplistic form is taking, you know, some very basic movements that you can do with the ball and then applying those five different techniques in a number of different places in the body so that, you know, you're, you're opening it up towards something a little bit bigger. Today we did backbends, just a little gentle, gentle kind of bridge backbend. Um, but it's, you know, what, what, what do we have to open up to get to get more into that type of position? And what does that do? And how does that connect? Um, and so, yeah, it's about recharging and relaxing. Um, absolutely. At the same time, for me, it's always about kind of resetting your body and learning your body's, in some ways, I would say limitations. We all have a limitation of our range of movement, right? So this work to me is also about understanding how does our body move? Where is it restricted? Where does it move well? Where is it, where is it abused or misused? We, we all do that in, in some way. And so it's about learning. It's about learning that particular piece and then learning how you can, you can help that. Um, yeah, you can restore you know. some of that mobility. It's not a fixed thing. Yeah, and I, I look at it as a way, it, it is, uh, you can absolutely restore it and it's not fixed. And I think it's always changing from the standpoint of, you know, okay, I like to go for runs. Well, you know, you can pretty much assume if you're a listener, like you all probably have been on a run at some point in your life and you know kind of, okay, that's going to beat up my feet. My shins are probably going to be sore. My hip flexors are going to be sore. My, my shoulders might get a little tired and rattled like earrings. It, you know, so there's, there's a pattern of movement for whatever that, that, you know, form of fitness or whatever you're doing, even if you're just walking miles in Europe on vacation, that there's a pattern of movement there that you have in your life and recharge is about kind of understanding that pattern of movement and, and being able to find balance and restore it. Because I, I like to run. I want to continue running. And so it's a way of, you know, making sure that I can still enjoy running as long as I want to. Because running can be damaging, but I like to do it. Right? You know, there's all different kinds of things that I, I'm looking for. I just look for, um, you know, that type of that type of balance between strength and and flexibility and kind of recharge and the rolling aspect is just a foundation for whatever it is that that's the type of movement that you want to do. Which is such a good mindset because if you think about, I think many people think of when they think of fitness, they think of cardio, they think of, you know, weight training, they think of everything 
but mobility and flexibility. But if you don't have mobility and flexibility, it's going to negatively impact your ability to participate in any sport or form of exercise. So it's like the chicken and the egg. It's like, how do we, how do we get people to turn the, turn the tides and really appreciate and understand the value of something like recharge and mobility. Mobility is the foundation for everything. So you can't improve strength or increase flexibility without mobility. But I think that's the one thing that's, you know, underappreciated or taken for granted. And then people, most people wait, like what we're trying to do is like the early, early intervention, right? Even if you don't think you need to roll, come to the class, everybody feels that, right? And so you can catch things earlier, you know, it's preventative maintenance. And we're, we're, I mean, to be fair, like we're conditioned to, um, we're, we're in more motivated for a cure than to prevent. It's just human nature, right? Yeah. You don't, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Wait till it's broken. And then, you know, you're in crisis mode. But, but I think, I think also, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily talk about it in class. Right. But I, but I do believe that, you know, people carry around emotional baggage and they carry around emotional baggage in, in their bodies in particular ways. And whether that's like tension in your shoulders that you can feel or your jaw or whatever it is. And I, and I we carry around, that type of stress. When we talk about kind of, you know, how to get people into a class like recharge or mobility, I, I think of it as, you know, it is a bit scary and, it, and it's because I, you know, I don't necessarily talk about it in class, but it is one of those things too, where, you know, you know, it can hurt and not necessarily just physically, but there's just emotional stuff that comes up when you're unwinding, you know, the crap that you've been through in your life. Um, and, and that, you know, and, and I think it's one of those things where it's a little daunting too, where, you know, you put a ball on your body for the first time and it, and it hurts a little bit and you have to realize like, oh man, this is not like a normal physical exercise where I can just go as hard as I want. I have to learn to, to step back to and, surrender. And, and to surrender and let like not put so much pressure on it. Just go with light pressure and, and be okay that I can do light pressure. And, and it's, and it's a, it's, it takes time to unwind some of those things. And, and I, I think that can be a little, a little daunting, but I think once you start to feel some of that open up and some of that start to melt away, it's, yeah, it's a little addictive. It's pretty awesome. You said something in class today that I thought was awesome. And I will totally steal this from my classes as well as it's about the intention versus the intensity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was joking that that, just literally came up in class. I have no idea where that came from, but it, it, it fit, it certainly fit for class today and, and what I was trying to do it. And it is, it's, it's, you know, I, I think, you know, Jill saying is, you know, it doesn't have to hurt to, to work. Um, that that's absolutely true in the ball work. And, and I think it translates in terms of, you know, ha- setting an intention, having an intention. It doesn't have to be so intense. Um, I feel like one of my original yoga teachers said something like, uh, like looked at me, and I was in some pose and I've always come from like Olympic style powerlifting and, and like competitive sports. And, and he was like, Whoa, relax. It's not the Olympics. Um, <laughs> and, and it's a bit of that, um, you know, here too, where it's, it's about intention uh, and not necessarily intensity. But I think that's counterintuitive to everything we are taught, yeah. right. Or we are led to believe like, um, faster is better, which you cannot roll. There's no such thing as speed rolling. And trust me, I've seen many people try, <laughs> like, let me just, roll and you know be done with it you have to slow down and it doesn't have to hurt to work so we're taught you know more is more faster is better you know and we also have a really hard time slowing down and in theory doing nothing really right like 
calming your mind, listening to your breath. That's counterintuitive to what most people do throughout their day. It's go, go, go. Well, know? I think we feel guilty when we do it, too. Totally. I mean, it's, it's, it's also like, uncomfortable. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, we feel guilty for taking the time out for ourselves instead of our family or work. Or we should, we should, I say, like, you know, don't shit on yourself. We should be doing all these other things. It's really hard to take time for yourself. Yeah, that's one thing. Um, another reason why we introduce this type of work into Alkaline, because I know for myself, the um, you know, I had taken yoga and things like that, and I thought the Shavasana was like twitch, twitchy at the end, right? Just like, oh, I have to be here and like be in stillness. It was so uncomfortable. So if you're listening to this and, you've, and you're rolling your eyes thinking like, I would never do a class like that, it seems... <laughs> Consider again. I think sometimes the things you avoid are the things you need the most. And I have now learned to, I mean, I look forward to that part. I look forward to, you know, recharge every week. I look forward to like that re that reset because your body so desperately craves it, but it's, it can be an awkward transition as you learn to embrace that and get used like the, there's power in stillness and quieting your brain and, you know, recharging your, your body and your, you know. And I think the fact that we offer recharge too, it's important to recognize that it is different than, than most studios, most fitness centers. They don't offer anything like this. And I, I notice an increase in our um, attendance. And I think people are slowly but surely catching on, which is awesome. And having great instructors like Matt, like Matt today, you kept us so present and Actually, that allowed me to sort of relax. I had, came res- rushing in after teaching class, and I'm like, oh, i got to get to this class, you know, kind of on hyper mode. But it took you 30 seconds to slow me down, which is a testament to just your ability to be a teacher. Well, that's you being, that's being, you being present as well and open to it. Power of the recharge. The power of the recharge. And that's why we continue to, you know, offer more, add more to the schedule, really encourage people to stay. I mean, we encourage people to stay for or come to recharge, but also even just for the final stretch. And I think what happens is there's this like Pavlovian response. Like we turn the lights down at the end of class, we slow the music down and people are like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta be somewhere. Like class is over. I got, there's some, and if one person leaves, then everybody gets up because then you have that guilt of like, well, she has some place that I don't, I don't, you know, it's like, we're really trying to like, it's like a mindset shift of, I mean, I think that the end of class is the most important part. It's like the, like, you know, wrapping the the package with like the little bow, like that's where you really have um, the time to be, you know, present and mindful and, and it can actually set the trajectory for the rest of your day in such a positive way. Yeah. versus leaping up and racing out without taking the time to to fully unwind at the end. I think I, I also forget where I heard it from now at this point, so it'll probably be completely misquoted, but I remember hearing it was like three minutes to turn off your brain, basically. So if you're lying there on the floor, it's going to take about three minutes to for, because your brain's job is always to project, you know, what's next, right? Where's the tiger behind the bush? Um and so it's, you know, you're laying there on the floor and you're like, okay, like, where's I, where do I got to go next? I've got this list of to-do items, like, okay, okay, okay. And it takes, you know, about three minutes for, you know, your brain to start turning off your body and to think like, oh, okay, I can, I can, all right, I can shut things down a bit and, and not be on such high alert. Um, and so, I, you know, I, at least from a recharge perspective, you know, I certainly try and get a little bit more than that 
at the end of class. Um, and I usually shoot for, you know, 10% of class, which is six minutes, which for, for people in the, I'm listening to the podcast right here. It might sound like a really long time, but it's amazing how incredibly short that really is. Yeah, it's gotten, I think the more I've participated in things like that, the shorter it seems too. Like, I'm like, wait, what? It's over? No. Yeah. Like, and I, by the yeah. point, I'm like, you're going to have to scrape me off the floor. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm like, I might be snoring. I don't know. It's, it's such a practice. Like, yeah. just like being able to, you know, upregulate and like, find that, you know, heart rate or, you know, I used to do a lot of heart rate training and monitor that. It's like, it's, it's, it has been even harder for me to shift the other way and learn how to downregulate. But it yeah. is a measure of, you know, how, not just how fast you can go up, but like how quickly you can come down. Yeah, absolutely. And man, I'm not judgmental. I don't know what's going on in people's lives. I had, I had somebody in one of my classes that I used to teach regularly in yoga and they would fall asleep every Shavasana and they would start snoring. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, and it, it never, ever bothered me. Right. And, um, and, you know, I think maybe it bothered some other people, but at the same time, like they that, were probably you know, jealous. Well, they couldn't, yeah, I mean, like, put that is a testament I mean, to like, you know, oh, that's amazing. I mean, ideally, you know, you're tapped into your breath and you're in this, you know, a kind of a, a state of awareness, um, you know, as opposed to like completely shutting off. Now you've gone too far in the spectrum where you've fallen asleep. But, you know, in his case, you know, he was, uh, he couldn't sleep at night. Right. And so for him to be able to fall asleep in class was just amazing uh, just for him to. So he was just super grateful for, to be able to fall asleep for, you know, six, seven minutes at the end of class. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I don't know what's going on in your life. I'm not judgmental. I'm, you know, I don't know what you've been through or, or what you carry with you when you come to class. It does but, translate to life, though. Like I noticed that um, like when I go to the dentist you know, which isn't usually like a fun experience. I can, I can breathe through my breath. I can downregulate my, like my dentist is like, you're the most relaxed patient I've ever seen because I've used the same like yeah. breath work to, yep. and that yeah. like getting comfortable with downregulating and I can just mellow out and just, you know, speaking of the dentist, I think rolling is like um, flossing and brushing. It's like the main, like do it a little bit every day. Yeah, so you don't get time like those, you don't have those painful, you know, six month checkups with lots of yeah. cavities. So this is like our infomercial for those people in the local area <laughs> or in Ada or Atlanta, in Atlanta or, or, Irvine. or in Irvine where we have other studios. But you know, if you have yet to rip that band-aid off and come to oh, yeah. to a recharge mm. class, make your way there. We also offer classes like cardio plus recharge, which is like baby steps into the recharge. So yeah. it's power yeah. 15 minutes. You yeah. get the 45 minutes, the sweat, which is what everybody wants. And then you get this built in opportunity to, you know, it's all still within 60 minutes. You get the best, best of both worlds. Right. I, I also really want to shut the door and like lock people in the room. Those people that get really twitchy. I'm like, you don't know what you're missing. It's like the greatest self massage. Like who's going to do this for you later? No one. Yeah. So do it for yourself. Yeah. And if you avoid, like I said, if you tend to avoid stuff like this, really look inside yourself and ask yourself why. Yeah, what excuse, true. you know, what excuses, you know, you have to do your grocery shopping. You don't have time. You don't need it. I challenge you to look at it <laughs> a different way. Because I do believe, don't you think it's true? You avoid things that, that are uncomfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. You avoid them for a reason, not because you don't need them, but, um, well, 
The sad news is that Matt is moving to the East Coast. Wah, wah. Matt. That's good news for Matt. And yeah, I, I, so I said this to you earlier. I appreciate the fact that you're moving closer to your family, right? So that the grandparents can be a part of your children's lives. And I applaud you for that. But I also want you to open an alkaline um, in Richmond, Virginia. So if there's anybody listening, again, on our million listeners, if you want to help Matt open a studio... Just reach out to Aaron at Aaron at Outline Studios. We'll get it, the ball rolling. I'll be there this no week. No pun intended. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh, oh. that's true. Um, Matt, tell us what is next for you in Richmond, Virginia. I'm leaving NASA. I took a job at Capital One uh, working on the treasury and commercial banking side. So that sounds um, like a big change from uh, NASA, but it turns out a, a lot of what I did at NASA in terms of um, enterprise web systems, so kind of complex processes and, and uh, you know, design for those things kind of translates really well to commercial banking. Um, but yeah, so it's Richmond, Virginia. That's where both my wife and I grew up um, and is not necessarily where I was, where I was initially looking for jobs, but it is, uh, is a great opportunity and, and definitely something that, that we're, we are excited for. Um, and yeah, it's close to grandma and grandpa for the little kids and, and close to family. So it's, it's a, it's a good move and, and definitely a change for us. But, you know, we've been in California 12 years and we said, you know, it was exactly what we needed at, at that stage of our life. Um, so it's just the next move. Matt, you've been such a huge part of the Alkaline family. and I don't, that I don't intend to stop being Okay, you know, exactly. Yeah, that was going to be what I was going to say good. next. We already had a client <laughs> this morning say, could you have him like live broadcast, stream this somehow? So I love it. I'm in. You want to come down as like a hologram? Yeah, exactly. Or be in, Scotty? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Somehow we'll make that work. And um, I know that we will stay in touch. Thank you. Well, thank you for letting me be a part of of alkaline, I, I mean that. I mean that uh, genuinely. Um, it's a. It's a really. It is a special place, um, and I've been around a number of different studios and gyms, and and alkaline is a very, very special place uh, for what it brings into the world. So thank you for letting me be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you so much. We wish you well. Thank you for joining another episode of Alkaline Unplugged. As a reminder, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes or wherever you're listening. Comments, feedback, and requests or suggestions for future guests can be emailed to info at alkalinestudios.com. We look forward to hearing from you.